0: Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Hey folks, Jason Bond from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio. No intro, Tom Allen. Here with me, Tom, that is your new intro. No intro, Tom Allen. Acceptable. Okay. If you hadn't been listening to the last few episodes, I've been struggling to have a good introduction for Tom. I haven't come up with one, so I've now settled on no intro, Tom Allen. It's fine. No intro, ball pathologist. Sure. So, also with us today, man, I did that so thing. Sorry, Trent. Who's counting? Man. That's a problem.
1: They will be now.
0: Trent's here, if you didn't guess that already. Hey. Back again, I guess two weeks in a row that Trent's been here. And then Brian is here as well. Thank y'all both for making the trip to Stoneville and, and sitting down with us.
2: Well, the weather's switched off and gone to pot for this portion of May. I suppose we could make that statement right now, couldn't we? Who got out of bed this morning and thought that it would be 55 degrees on May the 10th?
0: It was stuffy in my house because the air conditioner hadn't kicked on all night because it was 55 degrees.
2: Ours kicked off before we went to bed, but that's the fun part about a super old house.
0: We're having March in May now, which is always fun. Not terribly unusual because I've said March in May a few years over the past, but we definitely got a, a flip-flop this year with that warm period we had during actual March. So I guess we got May and March and March and May. So With that's t- why two we
1: post Easter snaps
0: too. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of got us.
3: May the 10th, it's just unusual. And you look at this week, every single year, every tractor in the state is wide open.
0: Right. Brian's got on long sleeves. Tom's got on a coat. Trent's got on shorts, but a coat and because he says he refuses to wear long pants in May. I've got on a Jacket, long sleeves. While the beans are small, I can get away with shorts. Definitely atypical for this time of year. So that's why we invited Brian and Trent over today, because we know the weather has officially gone sour on us now, and a lot of folks are getting behind, particularly behind where they want to be and behind where they were a couple of weeks ago, because we've lost, I guess, most of, well, assuming that it rains again Tomorrow, we're recording this on Monday, assuming it rains again tomorrow like the forecast are predicting. We've pretty much lost this week too, so that's going to be two full weeks that we've lost now. So a lot of folks are going to really start to get antsy about how the year is progressing. Since Trent nor Brian are really wanting to talk, Tom, I'm going to spring my question on
2: Brian. Just so long as it doesn't have to do with penguins. No penguins this time. Okay, good. Dang,
1: I was ready for the penguins.
0: Probably a
2: good idea. You
3: researched penguins all morning, didn't you? Oh, yeah, and
1: for
2: sure. All right, Brian,
0: I give you an elephant, and you can't sell it or give it away. What do you do with it?
3: Keep it.
1: Well,
0: what do you do with it? Feed it. Peanuts. All right, well, that leads to my second question. How many peanuts can a full-grown bull elephant eat?
1: Uh, I didn't research that this morning, but I, I imagine it's a lot.
0: I would expect I have to, to call out.
1: Brendan, I guess. He might could tell me.
3: I think you would have to start growing your own peanuts, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Man.
1: Maybe I hadn't thought this through yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's kind of what happens with these off-the-wall questions.
0: Tom, what are you going to do with that elephant? You said I can't sell
2: it, or, can't give sell it, it or give it away? You can't it or give it away. You now have an elephant. Boy. I know I, what I'd do. I'd definitely keep it. Well, now, wait a minute. I can't sell it? Well, I, I could have a one-elephant petting zoo.
3: That was going to be your answer after you thought about it. Right? <laughs> and
2: that ought to help if you have enough kids come through the turnstile to give enough whatever you're going to charge. Obviously, you're not going to charge peanuts, but you can certainly use those dollars that you attribute to the petting zoo to help pay for the peanuts.
1: I was kind of thinking about a car wash. You could have like a bucket of water. Not
2: bad. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> you know, pressure washer. <laughs> they also use them in parts of the world as painters.
0: I had you picture checking corn on...
2: On the back of the stand elephant? Standing on the elephant. Interesting. <laughs> Man, wow.
0: You know, Luke
3: Corso. <laughs> Every time I ever hear him talk about corn now, that's what I'm going to picture.
0: <laughs>
2: Luke, <laughs> Tom walking on the elephant. Luke You're Corso was once upon it. a time the head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers football team. And once upon a time. You mean Lee Corso. I said Lou, didn't I? You did. Lee Corso. My apologies. You are correct. He where rode where into, on earth is this going? If you'd let me finish, you'd know. He rode into Memorial Stadium, which is where the Hoosiers play football, on the back of an elephant. But you
0: know, it's not real football, right?
2: No, it's not. Okay. Uh, just making sure you knew that. Well, that was Big Ten football before they added, you know, whoever they've added now that's turned it into the Big 16. Seriously, let's talk about what's going on right now
0: and plans to proceed, things that we need to modify in the plan to – get a crop in the ground, and get this year, I guess, out of neutral.
2: Well, with the strange weather in mind, Brian, then obviously where do we stand with the cotton acres that have been planted to date?
1: We stand behind the eight ball for sure. Things were looking better, obviously, two weeks ago when we planted, I I would say, 5% of our cotton acres maybe at best, then April the 29th or 30th, with all intentions of getting through that little rain shower, rain event, and then, planting in the optimum window, which is the 1st through the 10th. This has changed, and we're looking at May 10th with another big rain event coming, and we're, we're behind where we were last year, which we, got, we were fortunate enough to get all of our acres in during that window. I've done this in the past as a farmer. I've, I've planted after the 15th. It, you can still make a crop, but we need to make the best of our days when we get the opportunity. I feel like four or five days, good days, we can probably get our acres in the ground. Some other things to, to think about would be, you know, when we applied prees earlier, are they starting to break? Are you clean now? I mean, have you waited to this point to try to get clean, get your fields and plant in plant order, get everything ready to go, check for breakthroughs. Think about what herbicide you want, you're going to, what you're going to do behind the planter, whether you're going to just stick with your Cotteran Caparol. do you need Gramoxone in there? Seeding rates, I don't think we're at a point where we really need to alter that. Just be aware of the germ on your bag. Just because you have your planter set at 40,000, don't realize that's how many seeds you're going to plant. That's not how many could germ. And we want to get as many as we can. If you're thinking by row feet, you know that's what 1.8 to 3 seeds per foot of row is going to have you in the ballpark of, 30 to 45,000 seeds per acre. So as long as we're uniformly spaced after these rain events, I think we'll be okay. And we can tolerate down some. If we have a final count of 20 to 25,000, we're good. Being on the past being on the pessimistic side. Hopefully this weather won't be that bad. We can get it in there plant and it get hot and dry.
0: I think those harvest side programs are a, that's a real thing right now And Trent probably a real thing for on our soybean acres that are yet to be planted, too, because two weeks ago, which is what you're talking about, 29th of April, there were plans to, you know, say you were clean, maybe a little bit of stuff's coming up, or maybe maybe behind some spring tillage. You know, you got new mm-hmm. beds hipped up, got some little pigweed pof- poking up or something else. Paraquat, with the intent of dragging some beds off in the next few days, and now it's, two weeks have gone by and you haven't drug beds off yet, And for weed emergence, a good part of the weather is there's not a lot of weeds have been coming up either on the days that it's been cloudy, overcast, and now this week cool and overcast. But there's definitely, we've had days where we've got some emergence. So now you've got to contend with, are you going to spray it again before you drag it off? Or mm-hmm. you're gonna drag it off and hope that your do all gets them all, which that's it's a, probably not gonna yeah, get them all. it's a gamble. Yes, yeah, a gamble. A gamble for sure. And then Trent on soybean acres. You know, did you have a residual in there, kind of a early pre-type treatment, or were you just waiting and you know you were on tap to plant a field or farm, and the weather didn't let you get to it, and now you've got to adjust fire big time to get a crop in the ground with a clean, you know, weed-free seed bed.
3: Where we're sitting with our acres and our planted acres and our intended acres, we've really got two crops. So, as we're trying to pull the trigger and clean up fields to plant whenever we get back in there, I'm afraid we're also going to be having to treat already planted fields uh, for things that, that have broken through there.
0: No question. You know, we've got a few, at least right around here, there's a few March planted beans. So, they're... Unfortunately, not growing at the rate that you would hope a bean of that age would grow, but they've definitely been in the ground a while and need the management. What was the time frame when the chunk of soybeans went in the ground?
3: Middle of April. It's really it's really just a whirlwind. I mean, we, we've got guys that are done, done planting, completely done planting, uh, finished in April, actually. Right. And, of course, you know, when you're talking about a crop like soybeans in Mississippi, just the, the acres... Two million plus acres. It, it's going to encompass a large planting window, but so a lot of that happened. We we had some late March through mid third week of April acres, and that that got us ahead of schedule. And then we're taking a, a two week break here. Essentially, we've had some acres planted. We planted some this past Friday and Saturday ahead of this rain. Some some yeah, guys but held a nominal off, but,
0: a nominal number of acres yeah. in the grand scheme of things. In the grand
3: scheme of it. If it rains us out this week, we're going to have some clear separation in in the acreage, meaning we're going to have two crops at least.
0: I've heard you say that before in recent years, so thinking back, I don't think it was 20 and I don't think it was 19, just the nature of the springs there. I know you said for 20, we basically planted the whole crop over a pretty tight we did. window of time, probably about like what Brian was describing with Cotton those first 10 or so days of May. But it hadn't been too many years ago where I remember you talking about, you know, we've got a pretty clear line between an early planting and a late planting.
3: I'm trying to remember when it was. It may have been 18. I, c- I can't remember now yeah, when I'm it was. But, blank but kind of it was a similar year. situation as this. I mean, we had some favorable weather early and a lot of guys were, were able to get a lot of work done in a short period of time, and then it just set off to raining and yep. stayed
2: cold and wet forever. Should farmers be concerned at this point? Because I th- certainly think that's something to talk about, and, and I do realize that nobody, no one person or one entity or one farm is in that boat by themselves because the rainfall we received, as we were talking about before we started today, across the greater part of the, de- the Delta ranged from, Probably less than half an inch in Cleveland, and I think Jason indicated like four and a half inches in Rolling Fork. What would be late? Does anybody need to be really concerned about being late? You know, Brian, is that is that a big concern for cotton farmers at this point?
1: I wouldn't call it late at this point. We're outside of the optimum window, and I think you should always be concerned. If you're a farmer, there's something out there to be concerned about, and weather is one of them. But These crops have a a way of maturing out and catching up towards the end of the year. Might not can tell a whole lot of difference. Now, obviously, it's timed for action. You don't want to play around with it. When it gets dry, we need to get this thing in there. But if we're planted by the 22nd, 25th of May, I'm not overly concerned with that. Obviously, at the expense of some yield potential, maybe. But that's – I don't think we're to the point where we know, like, you are just have lost – x number of yield and on the bright side you know you can't ever have everything prices are good prices are good for all commodities if your intent is to plant your acres of cotton we have not gotten outside of the window that i feel comfortable planting in but we just need to get on it when it after this moves out and when you look at the long range i think after wednesday and it warms up we could likely be in the field this weekend first and next week you know i can't speak for everybody but when i was farming cotton i Definitely planted after the 25th of May, and even I've seen it go in in June. It's not favorable, nobody wants that, but I don't think we're at that level of concern yet.
0: And on a crop like cotton, an indeterminate crop, but then a long season crop too, so much of it depends on what happens from the middle of August to the middle of October. You can make or break on the backside in cotton, just yeah, big big swings.
1: There could be other concerns out there outside right. of this one, but right now this is at the forefront. We have time. Just whenever it gets ready, be prepared to do some long days, use your headlights, and plant what you can when you can.
0: What are you thinking on acres now? I know we talked, and I don't remember what you would have said back in the spring when we visited about that. Are we losing any cotton acres?
1: When we talked last time, the projection was five twenty-five, five 525,000 acres. USDA released a report since then that was at 500 thousand acres down five percent The growers that I talked to are all continuing they're going to plant their intended acres with the competition with the high corn and well corns already planted but we have beans up there really high it would not surprise me to lose some acres to beans but I don't I don't think we'll lose half because most of the guys that we've are planting are down to Core acres, they might have picker notes and part of their rotation with corn. I think they were going to stay pretty close to that. Outside of it got too late for cotton, we planted beans. Weather on it. Weather
3: weather would be the main reason. The weather would be
1: the main reason.
0: What are you thinking on soybean acres? It was the same kind of question, acres going up. I
3: think up. We've I mean, talk,
0: we've talked about that on the last episode. You know, plant plant all you can plant.
3: I'm not sure exactly if, if all the corn that was intended got in the in the ground. I feel like a little bit of the initially intended corn oh, I think shifted we to beans. I think we and definitely then, missed some corn. And then this other topic of, of the cotton, not, not today, but every day that goes by is a closer to the reality of shifting some of those acres to, to soybeans like Brian just said.
0: The rice acres were going to be lower this year to start with. But I think we've even dropped lower with a combination of the soybean price and now weather because we really would have liked to have our rice in, all of mm-hmm. it in, well before now. And if we lose this week and then with a lot of the textures, soil textures that we grow rice on, it's going to be a longer period of time before we get back in those fields compared with the you know predominant textures that we put cotton on for sure and then lighter ground soybeans, it's... It's going to be a real stretch to get somebody talked back into spinning up on planting rice.
2: Well, I was going to say long-range forecast appears to be cool and wet like it has been to start this week. So that's obviously going to impact some substantial rice planting intentions.
0: I'm not comfortable predicting a number, but the people I talked to, the little chart of acres over time is definitely... It's going to be on a down peak this year because I just feel like they're going to drop pretty good. And I think that's mostly because of the soybean price and our potential, our yield potential with soybeans, but now the weather thing is is really getting us. So, Brian, you mentioned seeding rates and didn't think we were at the point of talking about adjusting seeding rates. Trent, is there anything related to that in, in soybeans management? plans that we need to adjust a little bit given the calendar date are we still on our original plan with the exception of maybe the herbicides and we can get into more of that if if that's something y'all want to touch on like agronomic management is there anything we need to adjust at this point
3: i think herbicide is going to be the main thing at least at least right now you know we don't know what the weather's going to look like two weeks from now but as we move forward the same thing that that brian was talking about just the urgency of, of getting the crop in. I mean, obviously we we are declining in soybean yield potential every day that goes by, just calendar date, planting date, all that all that stuff. But all we can do is plant when we can plant. Now, are we to the extreme of being too late? No. Soybean has a huge window. We we've still got weeks and weeks left that we can still plant and, and successfully make a crop. The big questions that, that I get not necessarily May tenth, but as we push on into May and and get closer towards the, the end of the month is is maturity group you know we've got a lot of seed ready to go a lot of a lot of group four early early to mid group four some like group four seed ready to plant and and the question will come up do we do we stick with that or do we manipulate maturity group as we get later in the window the the answer to that on an irrigated acre is continue to, to stay with those high yield potential group fours as we move it later in the window we will lose the advantage that we find from planting an early maturing variety so where it would seriously out yield other maturity groups in april when we get towards the end of may and into june everything is about on an equal playing field so the advantage at that point would come from earlier maturity earlier harvest let's get it out of the field in the fall time and, and try to avoid bad weather
1: we really need to think about avoiding anything that could cause delays delays in maturity as we move forward and 2020 was a really high thrips year, and I saw a lot of acres get really set back because, I mean, we were applying late season, you know, past three and four leaf stage cotton, just hammering these thrips, and they kept coming back. And no two years are alike. You might not even see a thrips. I mean, it might not even be a problem this year. But be very mindful and aware of that to try to avoid any setbacks, especially as we're planting later. It's just another – concern or consideration just to keep in mind as we move forward.
2: What about important considerations from weed control standpoint, Jason? I mean obviously the importance of a pre emergent herbicide behind the planter is still in play. Well Brian mentioned you know not doing anything that's going to slow slow the
0: maturity of your crop down. And one thing that gets knocked around with that a lot is skipping the pre emergence or at planting herbicide treatment. The potential is there for injury, but the trade-off is there as well. So, for example, the cotton or the soybeans that y'all mentioned before the planting stops. So if you go back two weeks, well, if you didn't get a pre on that, it's been two weeks now, and you haven't done anything. Well, not quite two weeks, but getting w- on close to be. two weeks, it will be two weeks, It's particularly if it rains again tomorrow. So then you're two weeks out, and you haven't been able to do anything, and then when it dries back up, Is spraying going to be the priority or is planting going to be the priority? Can't do anything about that now. But moving forward, when we do get the planters back in the field, I would still encourage everybody to use that at planting residual treatment to give you some insurance on getting back in the field on your post-emergence application. And related to the injury, as we move later into the planning window, summer, if you want to call it summer, even though we're all sitting here with jackets (laughs) on, the injury potential kind of goes down because the weather gets better. The temperatures aren't as cool, and you don't have the combination of cool and wet weather. I mean, we still may have some wet weather. But as we get later into the planning window, latter part of May into June, historically our weather should be better for injury from pre-emergence herbicide treatments at least we usually don't get the combination of the cool and wet weather even if we do have the the wet so i would still encourage people to stay with your plan use the pre-emergence treatment to get your crop up and going and give you a little insurance on all the other things that are going to have to be done you know in that window of time the three or four week period once you get the seed in the ground before it you know, really gets up and hits that rapid period of vegetative growth.
1: And then the cotton that you, if you planted some the last week of April, when you get ready to plant your second crop, you know, your first one is probably going to need some attention. So don't forget about as as those prees wear off, you know, that's going to be another, another issue that's not going to be very convenient, but it's out there.
0: Everything's going to need to be done at once. It's easier for us to sit here and talk about what we think ought to be going on and it's, the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of individual decisions that got to be made at the field level to decide which way you're going to go. Because after you've been out for two or two plus weeks, everything stacks up and there's just a lot of stuff that needs to be done the first day. So just decide what needs to be done first and start working on it. And that's really why we wanted to get y'all in here today, provide some encouraging words that were not... We're not way bad on planting date yet. we still got some time. Maybe it's not where we want it to be, but we still you know, have an opportunity to get in, make a crop, take advantage of the, the strong prices that we have this year.
2: So wrap it up. You guys got any final thoughts? Brian, any final thoughts?
1: Well, I hope that everything dries up. Y'all can get out there and, and start planting here soon. If you have any questions or any concerns or something comes up that you won't my opinion on. Feel free to reach out,
3: Trent. Yeah, I can't add anything else to that. Certainly, anything that we can do, we're here to help. So, please, please let us know.
2: And with that in mind, we'll we'll definitely thank our listeners. We appreciate the comments, appreciate the input, appreciate the patience. Some technical difficulties here and there on some things, and uh, if if you need us for anything at this point in the season, you know, feel free to track us down. That's what we're here for.
0: Thank you all so much for coming over. Thank, thank you. Thank you.